0: Welcome to the Reading Blues podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the school community, asking them questions and spending time understanding more about them and more about the school. In this episode we speak to Devin Moller, Director of Drama at the school and passionate advocate for the benefits of drama within school life. We talk about the value of drama in the curriculum, not as a co-curricular subject or an after-school activity, but as a valuable academic subject. We also discuss the various ways that young people can be involved in drama, not necessarily on the stage either. And we find out some of the things that we should all be watching today. But we also find out what genre of movies Devin dislikes. I was quite surprised by his answer, and I think you might be too. Anyway, let's explore the world of drama at Reading Bluecoat through the eyes of Devin Moller. Devin, thank you for joining us on the Reading Blues podcast. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about you and all about drama at the school. But first of all, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, good morning, Simon. It's lovely to chat this morning. It's a fantastic, beautiful day at a very quiet school as we just start off our school holidays. Um, but yeah, I'm all really well, looking forward to having a conversation all about drama. Um, and yeah, I'm all good.
0: Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, we've got a few things to talk about regarding drama at Reading Bluecoat, but I'd love to know a smidge more about Devin. Can you share with us your background? So where else you've worked, where you, where you come from in the world, and also your own experience of performance?
1: Right, so you might pick up in my accent that I'm not local.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, South African trained. Um, locally, I was um, always sort of, caught up in theatre, caught up in drama from a very, very young age. I always knew that sort of was the career I wanted to go in, but never really wanted to get into education. Um, I started my tertiary training in musical theatre, and I was studying musical theatre at university, wanting to mostly direct. Um, and then my school that I actually attended contacted me with a sort of low-composition, saying, oh, come on, please, we just need some support. So Off I went into the classroom and that's where I fell in love with teaching um, and ended up changing my my tertiary education into education and um, studied at PGCE, looking at musical theatre, drama, English, um, and my school there actually employed me, it was my first ever teaching role, worked my way up to head of department, this is all in South Africa. And yeah, just loved what I did. Loved the fact that I could direct, I could be creative, but more importantly, I could share that experience with with children hmm. more than with potentially adults. Um, for some reason, the, the sort of learning experience becomes a lot more tangible with, with, with youth and, and their ideas are just really incredible. Um, from there, I moved into a school in the middle of a game reserve, the Kruger National Park, and was blessed to be a Head of Boarding and Head of Culture at an independent school in the most beautiful facilities and sort of surroundings. But yeah, more recently, I've ventured over to the UK and landed myself an incredible job here at Reading Bluecoat as their director of drama. Um, And again, I'm I'm able to sort of merge my love of theatre, musical theatre, drama, um, but bring it to the classroom um which has just been super rewarding if you had to ask me maybe 15 20 years ago would would i be in this position Mm -hmm. um probably not Mm. um it was always going to be theater it was always a love of theater from a very very young age um and drama but education sort of caught me more than Mm. anything else um, which has been a fantastic journey over the last sort of 15 odd years or so 15 20 years
0: And what was it that brought you across to the UK in the first place then? You said it was two years ago, was it?
1: Yeah, so about two years ago. um, Family had all sort of moved across here, so my family are in the UK. um, And sort of being slightly isolated in the middle of the game reserve, I thought let me come across to the UK, be closer to family Hmm. and try something different. And, you know, I I didn't want to get myself into a comfort zone too quickly. Um, Luckily, I new people here. Um, so it made it slightly easier. Family, as I say, are here. So, yeah, the sort of opportunity arose and I grabbed it and I haven't really looked back. Um, again, it's all part of, you know, growth and development within my own, you know, journey that I go on. Hmm. So it's been, it's been a super rewarding experience so far. And I can't believe two years how quickly it's gone um, and how much development there's been.
0: And when you first went into education, were were your friends and family surprised by that? Because it sounds like you surprised yourself a little bit with that.
1: Yeah, I think they were. And it sort of, it happened really quickly. As I say, I went in as a locum teacher, it was meant to literally be for a term. Um, And it just sort of happened. And then suddenly finished my degree in musical theatre and it was like, well, I don't really want to go down that, that path anymore. Hmm. Um, and from you know a locum term to then suddenly being a full year in the school, the school then supported my training um, and I sort of learnt in the job, um, which was incredibly rewarding. Um, and then from there, as I say, I was fortunate to be appointed head of department at that school. And yeah, I mean, friends and family, see the love of drama still it's still very much in what i do Mm -hmm. Um, but it's almost i think i always refer to myself as an edutainer um and i think the best teachers are edutainers it's the it's the it's the teachers that can educate through entertainment and i think Mm -hmm. that's really important in my classroom it's almost i am putting on a role um, and i'm able to hopefully entertain my students through the educational experience that we we deliver
0: Okay well, I'd love to get into that a little bit more but I'd also love to talk to you about drama in the school curriculum and it being a valuable academic subject. So if I was a parent and I was say slightly dubious about my son or daughter's acting intentions how might you encourage me to reconsider my opinion on that?
1: Well so I have to be honest this is the biggest you know difficult part or aspect of my job is that there's this perception, as you say, that drama is a sort of soft, easy easy subject. And I think maybe traditionally that's what it was. Traditionally it was, you know, just about the practical element and putting on a play and and performance. But the curriculum has developed so radically over the last not maybe not even ten years and it has become really rigorous um you know at blue coat we, we, we're very blessed as well that we do offer two complete separate mediums within drama we do offer the acting but we do offer a really valuable technical theater program okay um which is obviously also all the behind the scenes and the lighting and the sound and the technical skills that go into that are you know is is one thing but To me, it's about the lifelong learning and holistic education, which is so valuable. And to me, a subject like drama doesn't just train students to go on to be an actor. In fact, you know, most of my students probably will never go on to be an actor. Hmm. It's about building skills, which to me is what the subject is so incredible at. It's not just about creating different characters. It's the skill we learn through creating those characters. Hmm. You know, the communication skills, the creative skills. And I personally think in the world that we're going for, that, you know, going into, the world needs a lot more creativity. You know, we have to think of ways of reinventing ourselves, but also reinventing the world we live in. Um and for me I just love that aspect. Um nowadays also there's a huge written aspect to drama. You know, the kids will face a, a two and a half hour written exam based on Text study hmm. and based on you know the unpacking of that so to me it is a super rigorous subject which perhaps has a misconception people see it as a light oh you know it's just a bit of acting um, it's far more to that far far more
0: so tell me about the difference in the different roles between people that are acting and the technical side what are the different characteristics that suit each of those different Sort of roles i guess
1: well it's, it's actually quite an interesting dynamic that's created within the classroom because they do work collaboratively together um you know the technical students will work with the actors in the design for their production and often it's the more introverted characters that are going down the sort of technical pathway mm-hmm. um, but it's through that interaction with maybe the more extroverted louder more confident acting students that we have that there's this really good dynamic that's built within group work and that's another incredible thing that that i think drama brings more than any other subject as well is this notion of having to work collaboratively and i think in the world that we're living in now particularly that's been really interesting is we've had to work a lot more independently um, more recently, but when the minute we 've come back to school and, and we've we 've got back to working in that sort of synergy and that dynamic that 's created with with group work, um, they sort of complement each other really well. The introverted, more logical thinker um, you know often will bring in interesting ideas that the sort of louder creative students would never have thought of Mm. Um, and they merge really beautifully together I think.
0: So do you find then that with the people doing the technical side they have more of a sort of an inner confidence as opposed to the extrovert style?
1: Uh, Completely, completely but what's really interesting is by the end of the course I feel they've kind of learnt a bit of that sort of quality through each other so the you know the um the more as i say the confident actor that we started the course with because we, we you know an a-level runs for two years mm. um has has learned to see the world slightly differently through the introverted character that they were working with who was in the technical program mm. um so they sort of complement each other really really nicely um and they do they you know the the specification forces them to work together um, and, and and I think that's an incredible skill. You know, when they if they do decide to go into industry, um, you will be working with you know huge huge numbers of technical teams that support the the stars that are you know in the limelight at the front so i think it's a it's a valuable skill again that that's taught that maybe people don't think about when they consider drama as a subject
0: and i guess when you're making some of those decisions about things like lighting it has a real impact on how people are presented so you need to be confident in your abilities to make a decision to change the lighting on a on a set so that it positions and presents people in the right kind of way.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, the the production is only, you know, it's a cohesive image or or production that's created through that creative process, you know, is very collaborative. And as you say, the lighting designer plays a huge role as much as the actors do. And, you know, the angles and the texture and the intensity and the focus, all of that is a skill in itself. Um, It's about bringing up the best of each other. Um, you know, the actors are so reliant on the lighting designers to literally illuminate their, their incredible features that they're presenting for an audience.
0: OK, so let's take a look then at some of the uh, some of the actors and actresses that we know from the big screen uh, because we see them in their in their lives. And we know that by their very nature, they're going to be high earners. So we all know that Julia Roberts and George Clooney must make a small fortune doing what what they do. But we also know that there's very little even spread of income and you're going to be in the minority if you're operating at those sort of levels. Do you think that the uneven distribution of income helps the industry or hinders the industry?
1: That's a really good question, Simon. I think, you know if you're getting into industry it's super competitive there's no doubt it's it's a it's a competitive cutthroat industry um, and I think you have to know going into industry if that's where you want to go that there are chances are that you might not make it do I think that there are massive gaps between maybe film stars and potentially those within theatre yes um, I've often had debates with my students that personally I think that acting for the camera might be a slightly easier skill than acting for for live audiences. Mm -hmm. And I know I've had massive debates with students on that. (laughs) Um, Some feel that acting for the camera, you know, has almost been glorified. And maybe that's, you know, the sensationalist view we see. You know, as you say, the Hollywood star is a very appealing, glamorous lifestyle. Mm. To me, you know, you've got the option of going, you know, cut, let's do that again sometimes I question if the acting that goes into that. I mean, yes, it is definitely a strong field and you do have to be talented. For me personally, that never sort of was an interest of mine. For me, it's always been that live experience between an actor and an audience. Hmm. Um, And yes, I feel potentially those on the West End or in Broadway, you know, unless you are playing the leading lady and have got a massive name for yourself, you're, you're not earning the same as, say, somebody who is, as you say, a Julia Roberts or a George Clooney, hmm. um, which yes, possibly is wrong. And I'm not sure that that potentially is going to change anytime soon, sadly. Hmm. Um, but for me, if you love the craft and you love what you do, the industry will be something that you want to pursue.
0: OK, well, let let's unpack that a little bit more. Talk to me a little bit about success and what success looks like to people who pursue a life of acting.
1: Well, I suppose immediately people might go to awards and think, oh, if I haven't won a Tony or I haven't won an Olivier or if I haven't won an Oscar, I'm not successful. To me, success is an individual experience. Um, For me personally, the success is the applause that you get at the end of a production. There is nothing more incredible for an actor or a performer um, then receiving that gratification that you get from a live audience, um, mm. and I know our students feel it. Um, we're busy. Re- we're busy rehearsing a production at the moment, which unfortunately, with COVID restrictions, we we're having to rely on, you know, recording it. And our biggest fear as a production company at the moment, and I've been discussing this with the students, is that adrenaline they usually get mm. from a live audience is mm. not going to be there. And, I, and a big fear of mine is, are they going to rise to the occasion without that sort of buzz, you know, of that an audience brings to the foyer before the production? But I think, you know, success to me is an individual experience. For me personally, it's loving what I do. Mm hmm and that applause that comes at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But for for others, it might be, you know, getting into a top school of arts, or, you know, as I say, the the ultimate goal might be for some to receive that award, whatever it might be, whether it's best lighting designer for a a musical production as an Olivier. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think success is also something that once you've got that, it sort of stops, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, yes, you might receive the award, but what's next? So for me success is forever evolving it's not not something that's fixed if that makes sense
0: makes perfect sense what do you think that parents could be doing to promote to their children what success really really does mean to them
1: oh wow that you know that's interesting because often parents will say what can i do for my my child to support them particularly within you know drama as a subject and i always just say to them take them to the theater Mm. celebrate the theater with your children and you know we we will take our younger students to the theater and i'll say to them on the coach journey there how many of you have never been to the theater and it's alarming to me to see that many have never had that experience to me it's just about exposure and celebrating that exposure um, and that success that it brings but yeah i suppose celebrating the small things as well mass involvement in a production even if you are on the back row dancing the chorus, um, or, you know, you haven't got a major role. It's not about celebrating that collaborative journey that we go on in theatre. So it's, it's those many victories that go along the way, and it's about, you know, just supporting. And I think our parents are excellent at that. And often it's, it's a tougher sell to our students to get them onto stage. And often the parents are the ones going, I'm just desperate for my child to be involved in drama. <laughs> and often it's the students that we, we, we sort of, as I say, have a tougher sell. Um so I think the parents do incredible incredible stuff anyway with regards to promoting the arts and celebrating those successes.
0: Okay, let's have some fun. What are what are some of the movies or some of the the stage plays that young people should be watching today?
1: Wow, where do I start? I think um Fresh new theatre for me. Theatre, you know, I like stuff that challenges the mind. But for for young audiences, I would say some of the new stuff that the old Vic Theatre creates, the National Theatre, they create such incredible stuff. For me, A Monster Calls is a standout. I absolutely love that production. A lot of students have read it Mm -hmm. as a a novel. Um, But recently, having seen that as a stage production, incredible um, curious Incidents of Dog in the Night Time. I believe mm-hmm. it's also coming back to the West End. But for me also, going back to your question about movies, I would go more with also series. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if lockdown life has changed how we, we, we entertain. And I don't know. I'm trying to think the last time I watched a movie. Um, to me, I think it's more about series these days. And some of the more incredible series I've seen recently, I have to think it's a sin on channel four was just incredible more recently um and i think sort of our older students must watch that um it's just educational but yeah i mean i sort of watch everything and anything and some of it's rubbish and some of it's excellent (laughs) um but there's a there's an experience you know because often we'll debrief and go well, why was it rubbish and Mm. and that's a learning experience in itself
0: okay and going back in time if you could have starred in any movie yourself what might that have been?
1: Uh, Baz Luhrmann as a di- as a director. Mm-hmm. And obviously my, one of my all-time favorites is Moulin Rouge.
0: So um, good. So it's good.
1: such an incredible production. And Baz Luhrmann's style, I mean, he also with Great Gatsby, mm. um, his style is just incredible. So for me, any film Baz Luhrmann's done, but if I could, I'd love to be a Moulin Rouge. Um, mm. I just think it's an incredible production.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: delighted to see they finally, I mean, I can't, Sure, that must have been a movie what 10 maybe even more years ago mm-hmm. finally it's become a stage production it's due to open soon on the west end mm-hmm. um but I'd love to have been in Moulin Rouge. I think it's just an incredible production.
0: Anything else you might, might want to have been in or anything that you've seen that would be the worst thing for you to have been in? Uh, <laughs> the worst <laughs> thing.
1: I am not, and the students know this as well, I cannot stand anything sci-fi, anything futuristic. I don't know why. It just doesn't sort of agree with me. And, and they'll, they, they seem to love it. And they go, but come on, sir, you've got to appreciate it. And I'm just like, I... Uh, would hate to be in anything that's such as Star Wars or Avatar anything to, my mind just can't relate to the future. For me, it's about the current world we live in. There's so many untold stories at the moment that just are desperate to be told. So why do we feel we need to create things that that the world don't even know is going to happen yet? Um, (laughs) So for me, anything futuristic would be my worst, worst nightmare ever.
0: (laughs) And tell me about musicals. Do you enjoy watching or being in musicals? Are you musical at all yourself?
1: Yes, musical theatre is my number one. Um, As I say, it's what I trained in. It is literally sort of the thing that makes me sort of most comfortable as a performer. Um, I am lucky in my sort of free time that I do have that I'm, you know, pleased to be involved in a um, theatre company. Um, And more recently, we've staged production. I was first in a production of Footloose with them. Um, And we were in rehearsals for Shrek the Musical, um, which we were literally a week off opening night before we went into our first lockdown.
0: Oh, no. Um,
1: And it's it's been postponed and postponed and postponed. Um, So we're hoping it's going to finally be... You know, back in theatres in in the autumn of this year, if Mm. all goes to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, musical theatre is literally the thing that got me into theatre, to be honest. I remember the first ever production I was in was was a production of Winnie the Pooh. um, And I was blessed to play the role of Winnie the Pooh. Um, I'm starting to get worried I'm typecast a little bit for these (laughs) roles that are sort of big and round. Um,
0: Well, Who are you playing in Shrek in that case?
1: Well, I'm playing Shrek.
0: You're a lead character.
1: I am the lead character. and My my Scottish accent is quite questionable. Um, Being (laughs) South African, I was like, oh, it's already a challenge. Um, But I've taken inspiration from the likes of Mike Myers, which is probably an insult to all Scottish people.
0: Mm, Um, mm.
1: But um, I suppose, you know, his, his characters that he's created are sort of the stereotypical Scottish accent. Um, so, yeah, I'm blessed to be playing Shrek and hopefully it will happen and could be an excellent opportunity even for students to see, see their teacher on stage.
0: No, I, I think so. I, I think I'll be first in line to get a ticket. That sounds awesome. fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a great show. It is a really, really fun show.
0: Devon, we need to bring this to a close in a moment. But for anyone who's heard anything, they might want to find out more about life at Reading Bluecoat regarding drama. How should they get in touch?
1: Well, they're welcome to make contact directly to me. I really don't mind. My my personal email, it's literally dsm at rbcs.org.uk. Um, And I think email seems to be the the easiest communication. Otherwise, contact the school directly, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to to have a telephonic conversation as well. But we are really trying to expand the arts at Bluecoat. We're hopefully going to be building our our new performing arts centre in the next few years. Um, And I'm delighted that the drama department's thriving here. So please, Mm -hmm. if anybody has any ideas or questions about drama in the curriculum, or just generally at the school, please feel free to get in contact.
0: Awesome. That's great. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being with us here today. I really appreciate you being here.
1: It's been a pleasure, Simon. Thank you so much for your time as well.
0: And there we go. A big thank you to Devin for joining us on this episode of the Reading Blues podcast. Don't forget you can contact him directly by emailing dsm that's delta sierra mike at rbcs.org.uk. Now, the next episode is going to be released soon, so to hear that, be sure to follow and subscribe to this channel. It just means that when the next episode is released, you'll receive a small notification and you won't miss it. So look after yourselves, and in the meantime, we'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.